Hello and welcome to another episode of the Winner Winner podcast, a podcast focused on Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I'm your host, Arjuna. And I'm your host, Robin Nelson. We are so happy to be with you for another week of discussing PUBG. How's your so, week been in PUBG? Well, it's been packed with juicy explorations. Our show today is packed with three juicy segments. Um, and I think we can both agree that we've not had enough experience to wrap our heads fully around either aspect that we're covering today. And so I'm excited to talk about what we've learned, but also I wish I could dedicate another month to just these uh, three topics. So why don't you tell us what the topics are, Arjuna? Yeah, okay. So um, for our weapon highlight this week, we're going to be talking about the AKM, which is one of the most controversial weapons in this game. Also one of the sweetest, according to some people. And then for our location highlight, we're going to talk about the city of the lions, Los Leones, uh, which is the largest city we've seen yet in Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. And finally, uh, we're going to be talking about leaning, which is an essential skill in PUBG. So there's current events in PUBG. Um, there were some patch notes released recently. Right. Yeah, definitely. So um, they, uh, speaking of controversy, Blue Hole said that they were going to fix the fences, shooting through fences, oh, um, no. <laughs> which anyone who's been playing this game long enough can tell you is, is just maddening. Yeah. Um, it seems to be, the consensus seems to be the fences are still not fixed. Um, I just saw someone upload a very convincing video only five hours ago today um, where they it, it clearly shows them not being able to kill someone, you know, point blank with a Groza standing on the other side of a chain link fence. You and know what? I'm re I think this is like, in a way, it's bad news. But we need to be leveraging this. Like, why haven't we been taking advantage of these fences? <laughs> I have noticed it hasn't affected my gameplay at all, except yeah. I just get frustrated when I try to shoot someone through one. But um, we should totally be using that. Like, I could see us walking around with the silenced pistol just to, like, test it one way at each other or, like, at the dirt and seeing if it's actually, if it's, like, a an op like impermeable fence, then we can totally use it as a one-way cover. Um, well, bait people, right? By just yeah. standing there. Mm -hmm. I mean, people, yeah, I've seen other videos where people actually, they don't even bother shooting at each other through it. Like, um, there's this, this other video this guy posted where he's like scoped and he's looking at this guy through a chain link fence. The other guy stops and sees him. And then the other guy starts like crouching and standing up, and they both do their little crouching, standing up dance. And, and it's just clear that they're like, yep, we can't shoot each other right now. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, this, this has been an issue since day one, in my opinion. And it's especially maddening with weapons like the shotgun, for example, which is, you know, it's like, come on, dude. Mm -hmm. Like your, some of your pellets should travel through that. So uh, anyway, still working on that, apparently. One thing that they have worked on and... and at least I hope they've fixed, they say they've fixed it. Um, they were dealing with some issues with uh, long distance hit registration. Mm. And that seems to be resolved. And also they were having some lobby crashing issues, which they have fixed. So uh, that's from the current patch notes. Um, so thank you, Blue Hole. We appreciate your continuing to work on this game. Better and better every day. Yeah, loving it. Good job. Before I, we jump into our main topics, I just wanted to give a little bit of love for our growing community here. Um, we've had a significant increase in the number of downloads of our show over the last couple of weeks, and we're just really thrilled. Um, love that you guys are participating. Uh, we love hearing from you. I received an email from uh, listener John recently that I'm going to read. Uh, he says, I enjoy the podcast so far. Keep it up. As a fellow podcaster, I'm really enjoying the newer episodes and their audio quality. I have yet to play PUBG, but that will soon change once I upgrade my GPO, GPU. I look forward to more episodes. Keep up the great work. Woo. So Thanks, John. thank you, John. We really appreciate your input. And um, yeah, you can 
send us an email at winnerpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. Any feedback is great. And let us know what you want to know. If there's a part of the game that you've been struggling with and you haven't really seen it addressed elsewhere, we'd love to look into it and talk about it for you. And that, I mean, that could be anything. Nothing's too small. You know, I like, I feel like I stay up at nights, like wondering why I can't go prone in certain places or, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Robin and I have lengthy discussions about the difference between angle and vertical foregrip. So yes. no, nothing is too small. Um, we want to hear from you guys. We'd love to answer your questions. And uh, if you have suggestions for the direction of the show, we really want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So thank you. All right. Can we talk about AKMs now? Yes. Robin's, yes. <clears throat> Robin's been like chomping at the bit. To oh, my gosh. <laughs> get I, like, into this. I noticed that my daydreaming space over the last week has been like pretty consistently filled with like AK imaginings. <laughs> um, it is just a juicy gun. And um, it's just it just sticks in my mind. Like when I get a good kill with it, it'll like replay in my mind for like a few days. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Versus like an M4. I love the M4, but the kills I get with it are usually pretty forgettable. Um, it's like I just expect to kill people with the M4. And so the AK, on the other hand, it's like I feel like there has to be a really magical like alchemy for it, for it to happen. Like a full auto kill at range or, or like more than 20 feet away when those pull off. It's just a magical, magical feeling. Yeah, you me. feel like you got away with something. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah, it's... It's a really, I mean, so yeah, it's a very controversial weapon. And I think part of that is that it's just such a harsh mistress. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's like the bucking bronco of Definitely. an assault rifle. Wild horse. Yeah. AR world. And I do have to say, I mean, we all know that there's no weapon more badass than the AK. Like, it just tops the charts. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we did talk about the Winchester last week, and okay, I don't the crossbow, the revolver, like those all feel like pretty badass. But in terms of like raw, juicy power, I think that the AK takes a cake. Well, I'm just talking about like if if someone came into your room right now and just like kicked the door open and walked in. Okay, I think maybe a a close. It's in the running would be the M249. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's like Rambo territory right there. Yeah, yeah he actually does use the M249. Um, or no, yeah. I think it's an M60 in the huh. first, in first blood. Yeah. But LMG nonetheless. <clears throat> well, I just, before we get into the nitty gritty, just one of my earliest memories of the AK in this game, um, and it was just such a PUBG moment, was I was riding on the back of a buddy, a buggy, and this UAZ pulls up next to us. And, um, and I just unloaded like a full 30 round magazine into this UAZ in a moving buggy while like we were like clashing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't get any knockouts, but it was just like one of the first moments in this game where I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> um, so anyway i just yeah the ak truly memorable creates cinematic moments Mm-hmm. yeah i can never resist just lighting up a vehicle when i have the chance but so man we got a lot to talk about um with the ak so yeah we you, do. Should, you should a good video recently by guns games that's g-u-n-z games and he was showing a recoil breakdown of the ak just like a 15 minute video or something yeah. And he had this great technique to visualize a recoil, really simple, where he would bind his fire key to a key on the keyboard so he wasn't accidentally offering any mouse input when he was firing. He would aim at the bottom of a wall from about 15 feet away and then just hold down the fire key on the keyboard. And it just graphs the recoil for you right up the wall. Um, and notably, compared to the other AR, uh, we'll call them recoil graphs, um, it was it would dance from side to side a lot, and there would tend to be a trend um, one direction or the other. And eight out of ten times, it was trending strongly left. 
which is yeah, kind of the, surprising to me. The left thing yeah. really threw me off. Like I thought that it would be like an even distribution, mm-hmm. but he, yeah. And, and remember this, there was no mouse movement whatsoever involved in this. Um, so that was pretty compelling for me and kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It rises about, I don't know, 30 degrees, I'd say. I threw out um, 30 bullets of fire. And, you know, I just, like, the first thing I want to do is somehow fix that recoil pattern. <laughs> and it's Unfortunately, the AK has so few attachments that allow you to do that, the one being the compensator, which I feel like it gives me a, a psychological confidence that it's doing something, but I definitely don't notice a, like, <laughs> huge increase in stability when I'm using it. Um, how about you? Yeah, I. it's so hard to tell in-game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely think, you know, these attachments are there for a reason, use them kind of a thing. Um, but I, I can't say that it makes a noticeable difference to me. Um, yeah. I think it probably does have a more meaningful effect. Like, for example, if you're do- shooting full auto at range, um, I'm sure the compensator helps a lot. And... This is what's, you know, we we had a harder time finding hard data on the compensator. So, but I, I, you know, I do think the compensator is specifically designed to reduce recoil and the AK is the assault rifle, rifle with the most recoil. So I think it's a, it's a more important attachment on this weapon than it is on the other assault rifles. So yeah. I yeah. would definitely prioritize it. Some YouTube streamers have said the compensator is like mandatory for the AK. And some people even go so far as to say that they would rather use a compensator than a silencer on their AK. If if they're using it as like a full auto primary. I mean, obviously, right. if you're using it as a sniper, then the silencer is m- almost always going to be what you want to use. But pro tip, yeah. pro tip people, um, it's a good idea to have both. Fuglet, for example, is someone I see who he'll often, even when he gets a silencer, he'll hang on to an AR compensator and he'll switch them out. Like mm-hmm. if someone already knows his position, then he'll put on a compensator because the things that the silencer mostly reduces are flash and sound. And so if someone already knows your position and you need to win a firefight, the compensator is the thing that you want because yeah. that's actually going to make your gun more fireable. Definitely. And that's true for the later circle, too. When they get really small, they're going to hear you silencer anyway, so might as well compensate. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. So, yeah, uh, we've got that. uh, We've got Guns Games' video URL in the show notes. Definitely go watch that. And thank you, Guns. That's a fantastic video with really a lot of insight. So the AK has more recoil. So why would you use it over the other assault rifles, Robin? Well, you mean aside from the like cool, juicy power factor? The way yeah, that it aside feels from the from the, the Hollywood <laughs> appeal of the well, AK. Well, okay, stats wise, there's a a slight reason to use it, which is that it it is it does do more damage per bullet. Not a lot more though. I'm finding that it does 48 damage, and that's let's just say you're shooting someone with no armor. I don't even know where this would apply, but um, yeah, 48 in the, damage. In the torso. In the torso. Yeah. Um, versus 41 for all of the 5.56 mil ARs. And so 40, right. 48 damage versus 41. And when when you apply that, the math, if someone has full health and you're hitting them in the chest each time, it's actually three bullets for either gun. For all of them, right. Right. But, yeah. you know, an extra seven points um it's significant if they've already taken a little bit of damage because 48 if they've got if they're down to 96 percent health or lower then it's just two exactly and they're down that's Um, it like let's say they took a little damage falling off a roof or if they crashed mm -hmm. that vehicle uh any of that could really change the calculus there right there's this cool little site that allows you to equip players with different guns and it tells you kind of what the outcome will be and so the kind of the most common 
scenarios for each player to have level two armor, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if two players with level two armor are shooting at each other, the player with the AK can take down the other player in four body shots or two headshots. And the guy with the M4 can take down the AK with five body shots or two headshots. So mm-hmm. same number of headshots, but the five mil weapon will require um, one more body shot hit. Mm. Which, you know, it's there's a trade-off there because I can definitely keep my M4 more consistent or my M16, I can keep the aim a little more consistent than I can with the AK. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. It's, it's definitely a toss-up. Now, another thing that we've been discussing more lately, which uh, I think doesn't get as much airtime, is that the AK also has significantly more, um, uh, what's the term, Robin? Body impact? Yeah, body impact power. Right. Now, this is something you you don't necessarily think about it until you really start paying attention. But what this measures is um, what happens to the person getting hit by the bullet when they get hit by the bullet. Mm -hmm. And so uh, a bullet that has more body impact power is going to throw off the person who's getting hit more. Um, And that it affects your vision, it affects your aim. You'll notice that some bullets, when they hit you, they kind of jerk your screen. And, you know, you have like a, maybe a half a second, uh, um, yeah, probably about half a second where your aim gets thrown off. And this, it can be decisive. So, like, if you're in a situation where you're, um, you're aiming at someone else and firing and they're aiming at you and firing, um, if your bullets are consistently throwing them off more than their bullets are throwing you off, you have a much higher likelihood of winning that fight. So this makes the AK an interesting beast because um, it's harder to control. It's harder to control the recoil, uh, especially on full auto, than it is with the other full auto assault rifles. However, if your bullets are hitting the other person, the other person is going to have a harder time just controlling their aim in general whenever your bullets hit them. So it's kind of a, it's an interesting calculus. You know, the AK makes it harder for both people in essence. Yep. So if you can learn to aim with the AK, you're in a good situation. But um, learning to do it is very hard. Uh, I've I've even heard Fuglet say on a video, um, you know, like, oh, you got to control that AK because he has really good control over mm. that thing he and, does um and he says he, he noted how much he didn't say how much but he said it took a lot of effort and time to do so yeah so i believe it after playing every this whole last week whenever i found an ak i would take it um and sometimes i would end up with two ak's running around los leones <laughs> yeah it was fun it's a wild beast man um and I, just, I keep going back and forth on it. Like, mm-hmm. when you get a string of kills with it, you love it. And uh, when it lets you down, you hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back, just I wanted to note that the body impact power of the AK is 10,000 versus, say, for the M4, which has a really low one for the AR class, it had a 3,500. So it's about three times more impact power than the M4. Um which I, I like to compare everything to them for because it's just my go-to. But the SCAR has quite a bit more than the M4 at about 8,000. And right. the M16, I think, is just a hair less than that. Which is but. maybe one of the only things that recommends the SCAR over the M4. Um, yeah. That, that's yeah. a different topic entirely, but um, just something to note. You know, if you've been wondering why, why SCAR over M4, that's one reason and i think it's a compelling reason mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i i agree i haven't actually been paying a lot of attention to impact power but i think i will even during this last week i wasn't really thinking about it but i'm gonna start paying attention to that you know you might even be able to tell when you're running around you get hit by a bullet from way off you can't really hear what kind of gun but if you know your impact power effect you might be able to tell like oh i just got hit by an m4 or i just got hit by you know, if it's a single 
fire shot, like you might be able to tell what kind of sniper, which by the way, have very high impact power of like 10,000 to 20,000 or more for the, um, yeah, yeah, they do. <clears throat> yeah. Start paying attention to that listeners. Just, uh, when someone's shooting you notice how it, how it throws you off. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, once, once you're yeah. looking for it, you will really notice it. If anyone out there has a more quantified um, idea of how the compensator affects AK firing, I would love to know. Um, I didn't go out and, and see if there was like a real measured effect, but we know it helps a little, but probably not a lot. But if anyone has a more specific answer, we'd love to hear you at winnerpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Um, oh, one more thing vehicle damage. Right. Or we have a couple more things. So with um, vehicle damage, this is one reason I started to use the AK more, is that apparently to destroy a motorcycle, it takes only 21 bullets of the AK versus 25 for any 5.56 AR. And for the UAZ, it takes 42 bullets from the AK and 49 for a 5.56. And so it's about 15% less um, ammunition to take down a vehicle with the AK versus another 5.56 AR. Um, and that was from, uh, what's this guy's name? Looking at it now. His name's Liquid Blitz. And he does this really great um, ultimate vehicle guide on YouTube. Um, it's like 30 minutes long. This guy goes into incredible detail on the different vehicles and their damage and speed and things like that. So check that out. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll put that link in the show notes as well. Another thing I wanted to mention was that I think if you're going to use the AK at long range, the four times scope is a great match for it. I remember a game when I, I had an AK and I was using the eight times scope on it. And I noticed the, the accuracy was awful. Like I was, <laughs> I had someone on a hillside and they really didn't have much cover. And so I was like, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. And I, I probably shot this guy like 30 times. And I just noticed that the accuracy was awful. Like, mm-hmm. like I'd have my crosshair lined up. I'd take the shot and I'd see the bullet hit like, you know, seven feet to the left yeah, or something like that. that's so agonizing when that happens. I've noticed that though with ARs in general. Um, true, true. For anything, I don't know, more than... 350 meters roughly um when when they're at a distance like that even if they're standing still it's like i'm just flying through bullets and just praying that they hit and watching (laughs) us watching them splash like all around them yeah but you know i i want i would say though that the 8x since it's a variable zoom now because once you zoom all the way out with it i don't know exactly what the magnification level is Mm. but it feels really close to what a 4x does and you know that the advantage of the 8x even though it's still not useful at range with an ar um at long range it is useful to just increase the target size of whoever you're aiming at to make aiming easier that thing's going to bounce like crazy if you're 8x zoomed with an ak good luck oh yeah yeah <laughs> I, I mean i guess if you're you probably wouldn't be doing auto fire at that range but yeah yeah it's true i mean the ars are definitely not designed to shoot at <clears throat> at the kind of maximum effective range of the eight times scope, um, which, which makes sense, but definitely the AK is, is the worst. So, and I think this is one of the reasons why they made it so that you can no longer put the eight times scope on the M16. It was just too accurate at range and they, they didn't want that. So, I mean, that's my guess. I, I can't think of another reason why they would have made that decision. Anyway, that is the AKM. Uh, do you have any more thoughts on that, Robin? Um, I'm tempted to keep using it this next week, but we'll probably I'll probably have to move my studies on to whatever our weapon is next week. So yeah, so our weapon of the week for next week is going to be the M249. And so we would love to hear, uh, ideally watch your videos, your stories about you using this gun, uh, Sweet Crate weapon gun will be the first one of that kind that we've gone in depth with on the show so um go ahead and record your videos hashtag w-o-t-w hyphen m249 again that is hashtag w-o-t-w hyphen m249 is that all lowercase by the way yep all lowercase 
Great. So awesome. that that concludes our weapon of the week segment, and on to the big, the big city, the city of the lions, Los Leones. Or Leones. Leones. Yeah. Leones. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm English. <laughs> can you tell? <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. Big city, and it's big. It's big. The the biggest yet, actually. It's kind of hard to talk about. It's so big, and there's so many parts to it. We've, you know, in our own talks, me and Arjuna have had to come up with some vocabulary for the different, or try to come up with some vocabulary for the different types of buildings you find and the layout of the city. Um, But, yeah, so it's biggest city. Um, One of the main things that you notice, especially when dropping from the plane, is the construction sites. That, that's what we call them large concrete kind of skeletons of buildings that rise up i'd say i don't know something like 12 stories they're insane yeah they yeah the, there are a few that i think are the tallest structures in PUBG yet mm-hmm. and so those are really fun to drop on um not a ton of loot but there's no door so you don't have to like go through the tedious aspect of opening and closing doors and jumping through windows um, pretty exposed. Mm. If someone else lands on a roof around there and gets a decent gun, they might be able to pick you off. Um, but probably right. not. I've never, I pretty much never feel vulnerable up there, even though they're pretty exposed. So I will, on that note, I want to share a story uh, uh-huh. because I think it's easy to get fooled into thinking you're safe up there. Uh-huh. Um, Henry and I had an end game recently where we went into. I think it was one of the few tallest skyscrapers around there. There's like a couple of skyscrapers that you can actually go all the way up in. And I want to say they're like eight stories tall. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a tremendous view from, from that eighth story. And there were several of these concrete construction sites that were tall, but they weren't as tall as our building. And I got at least two kills by just looking out my window and seeing players proned on mm. on those construction sites. And just were they at the top hedge- level? Yep, yep. They were as oh, high as they damn. could go. Why were they prone? <laughs> well, I, it's the assumption, right? The assumption is I'm higher up than anyone else. Uh-huh. And so that's, you know, um, we can talk more about proning in a different episode, but one of the best places in which to prone is when you're confident that you're in a higher position than other people around you right so these people were under the misconception that they were the highest people around and they absolutely were not well wait though because you that those construction sites get higher than any of the apartments around them there are a few of them that do yeah but there are many of them that don't ah okay so just be aware of that. Like yeah. if your plan is to be the highest person around and you climb up one of those, make sure you are. <laughs> just just actually verify that theory. Yeah. Man, I I would <laughs> yeah, prone, you're right. I I feel safe doing it when I'm on high ground, but if I wasn't absolutely at the highest spot possible, I I would not go prone just cuz it takes no. so long to animate yourself out of it. Yeah. Um if someone starts shooting at you. Yep. If you survive the headshot. Exactly. <laughs> yep. If the headshot doesn't kill you, the next one will. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, that's a that's a side note about the construction sites. Um, and before we move on to other parts of the city, I just want to say there are a number of little garages scattered through the construction sites. They're like these little two... It's like two garages stuck together. And, right. And... Um, I've found those to consistently have pretty good loot. Let's describe those a little bit more because I didn't know what you were talking about at first, but they're like these concrete. They're similar to the construction sites because they're made of concrete and really thick walls, like good 18 inches thick or would that be half a meter um, thick generally. And they're two levels high and they tend to be in these pairs. And I, I thought they looked a little bit more like storage units but without any doors on them anywhere. Like someone was going to build a storage unit and then just didn't attach the doors to it. But yeah, 
did we come up with a term you wanted to call them car it's like yeah it's almost like they're not garages but they they look like um like a car maintenance like an auto body shop yeah or something like that right um but it's like just the skeleton of the building they have two stories and one of the upstairs rooms is just a roof so you're like in the second story and you're running along and you go through a door and you're just on the roof of one of the downstairs uh rooms and then there's a box there's a crate that you can climb on to get up on the second roof which is like the second story roof so you'll you'll know what we're talking about when you find one of these uh, and and they're always accompanied by like there's a neighboring uh lot which is just like an open floor plan concrete um rectangle mm-hmm. and um these are the feature of a video made by wacky jackie and he has an excellent video on youtube it's about five minutes long and it talks about a loot run that he's come up with for western uh los leones he likes to start in the northwest and then he heads down south along the western outskirt of of los leones and he hits a number of warehouses and he finds it to be a very efficient loot run and he usually ends up with some fantastic gear um so we've we've got the link to that video in the show notes and go ahead and watch that it's really informative plus wacky jackie's a fun guy to listen to yeah cool i haven't actually checked him out yet um but i'm looking at the map and i can see how many pairs of these buildings there are uh, especially west side and i tried to count them for the whole city and it looks like there's about 12 pairs of these and so i'm gonna start checking those out more and seeing how they how they provide yeah uh, that fun spots yeah um so let's let's talk about some of these main attraction buildings in the city um obviously we have some really high skyscrapers so that's fun uh i have not actually found the loot to be particularly good from those buildings though Mm -hmm. what about you yeah mediocre yeah um but for this map i still haven't figured out kind of what the best types of buildings are Mm, yeah i feel like it's i'm not consistently seeing great gear in any particular kind of building um Mm -hmm. so it's hard to say um I, I like, for and for that reason, I tend to prefer buildings that are kind of open and have few doors and have um, high loot spawns. Yes. And so that would bring us to the market and the plaza in Los Leones, um, unless you wanted to talk more about construction sites first. No, yeah, I, th- I think... I think we've said about all there is to say about construction sites. Yeah, let's talk about these these plaza places that are kind right. of central in the city. Yeah, exactly. Now we're getting into the middle of town. Um, so pretty much smack in the middle of Los Leones. I guess it's a little west offset from the, like the kind of urban center is what I call the plaza, which if you look at it on the map, it's a square with a big, bold yellow line going down through it from north to south. And... Um, it's a plaza because it has these kind of walkways around the west, north, and east edges of it. And it's got a fountain in the middle. Um, the walkways have pillars and so, and there's loot along them. And so you can walk along and loot. You'd be visible to anyone around, but you could quickly take cover behind a pillar if you knew where they were. And then attached to the south end of the plaza is this kind of it feels like you're in a church office building for the whole south part and there's kind of like two main layers it's two stories and also there's two rooms side by side along its length and so you can there's a lot of space in there to walk around and loot i've never been in a firefight in there i always have wanted to but no one ever goes there and attached to that south end is also this chapel which is fun to jump into um, or toured from the second story. Um, and that is had, I've had some good loot in there, but not not consistently enough to, for me to say it's like a good loot area yet. Um, probably just lucked out a couple times, but. So yeah, that's the plaza just north, northwest of that is what I call the market. 
Well, let's let's talk about the market. Let's talk about the plaza before we move on. Okay. How have you found the loot there, Robin? Mm, pretty. When I'm thinking about what I tend to find, and it's typical stuff: shotguns, Winchesters. I don't ever remember finding an AR there. Uh, maybe an AK, actually. But it's again the main reason I like to loot there, uh, especially the sides of it, the walkways, is that. You're kind of out in the open with some cover, and you don't have to open doors. So it's really fast to even just scan down most of a walkway if you zoom or even just aim down sight and hold shift. You can get a good sense of what's down the entire thing. And if it looks like there's nothing good, you can just move on. Um, You can't do that for houses and apartments. You have to literally go into every room, look down at the floor, and (laughs) and walk back out. It's like... You know, you could tell when someone's looting in an apartment because you can, if you have a keyboard like mine, you could hear the clicking and clacking from open door, walk in, hit tab, walk, hit tab again, walk backwards. And there's like this very coordinated dance of strafing and moving forward and backward and, and opening inventory yeah. and clicking and dragging. And <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it, why? Why didn't we talk about this as much on Erangal? I feel like this is something everyone's been noticing on Miramar, is that there are certain places on Miramar that are just kind of maddening to loot. Mm. Um, for some reason, I hate it more on Miramar, and I'm definitely drawn to these these loot spots mm. that have um, more open floor plans. And Wacky yeah. Jackie actually talks about that in his video. Maybe it's just because these buildings are more claustrophobic or maybe they yield even less loot. Like, you know, because, like, I I have to admit, I think this happened unconsciously, but on Erangal, I started to gravitate away from looting any of the big apartment buildings on Erangal. And I think it was, in retrospect, it was for the same reason. I just got so Mm. sick of it. But I actually... I, I kind of like looting the apartments in Erangel versus the apartments here because the apartments in Erangel have a flow, right? So each floor is split in half with the stairwell and hallway in between. And each side of the floor you can walk into, there's an open room um, on the front side, which doesn't have a doorway, like has a double wide open door frame. And so you can just breeze into there and then hit all of the other rooms in this like circular pattern where you can hit them either clockwise or counterclockwise. And you're never backtracking. You're checking each room and then you're exiting back to the common area and then you're checking the next room and exiting back out to the living room. Mm. Whereas with the flow for looting apartments and Miramar is definitely not, it's not flowy at all, I don't mm. think. I, I, I've been trying to kind of habitually figure out the best flow to loot these buildings. And like I've, I've improved a little bit, but I still feel like I'm spending a lot of time backtracking um, yeah. in, uh, on the floor plan. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm, increasingly I'm, I'm kind of vowing to myself to avoid apartments and these, these tall skyscrapers. Um, yeah, agreed. They're kind of appealing, but they're, once you get in there, it becomes less appealing. <laughs> yeah, they look so big, right? You're like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. And then, you, you know, you're like, okay, this has been five floors of revolvers and micro Uzis. Yeah. And, the, and, and there's, I'm you know, every it. other floor is actually closed off anyway. So you only get three floors of loot. Yeah. Um, a lot of stairs. Yeah. And you get the roof access, which is cool. But yeah. Although wind, it's a little inconvenient. tend to be kind of shitty. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Some of the apartments have the patio, which is nice because you can crouch. Mm-hmm. And it mostly covers you depending on the patio but mm-hmm. i think your head does a little bit of peeking but for someone who's below you they wouldn't be able to hit you um someone who's high ground you're you're dead yeah yeah <laughs> but it is kind of nice to third person peek over the edge of those balconies and kind of strafe back and forth so someone can't get an easy headshot yeah uh, but I've, i haven't had a lot of like great successful firefights i just kind of like to do it as like a recon position while i'm looting here and there yeah, I I've I thought when when we first saw this map, I saw all these pictures of these high-rise apartments and I was like, "Oh man, it's going to be all this gritty apartment fighting." Mm. And I, maybe it's just that I don't gravitate towards them, but I feel like they haven't delivered on on that promise. Mm-hmm. 
Like, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. We had one of, I remember we had an apartment battle this last week. And aside from that, I can only remember like, like less than a handful that I've had in this game. Yeah. Um, which kind of brings me to a bigger point, bigger point about Los Leones is that it's big. And it's big. Whenever I drop there, even if it's if the flight path is right over it, I feel like there's eight people max that like will drop here, and it's so spread out that it, you everyone's looting over the course of next, you know, ten minutes, and it takes about that long for people to run into each other. Um, you'll hear like a couple of firefights break out right at the beginning, and then from there they kind of trail off, and there's a steady like every three minutes or so people happen to run into each other, so. If you're in Los Leones, you know, do us a courtesy call and just like fire off a few rounds on your pistol here and there so we we can get some action. <laughs> yeah, right. Single male seeks a firefight. <laughs> Great sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. So uh so I interrupted you. You were going to you were going to talk about the uh the market. Mm, yeah. So, right, it's like I was saying, it's just north northwest of the plaza, and I really like to loot there. It's just one level of loot. I think there's stuff in the courtyard. Um, it's I like the idea of looting there with squads because everyone could be in a different section of it. There's there's four main stretches that are organized in a rectangle, and. It's literally one, there's doors on all sides of them that I shouldn't say doors, I should say openings because there's no doors you have to open, I think. Uh, Maybe there's some, there might be some doors, but mostly there's a lot of open doorways that you can just walk right out of. And so if your buddy starts getting engaged on any of the other sections, whatever section you're in, you can just spot him through the courtyard. Everyone in the squad could even just move into the courtyard and move the firefight there where everyone would be available to participate. and so that's definitely not true for most building layouts in the game um, where, you know, you literally have to, like, go up some stairs or go into a different room or whatever um, to traverse and, and be helpful in a firefight. So that's, that's the reason I like to market in the plaza. Um, and they actually, for that reason, make good candidates for um, when we first drop, right, is you can kind of quickly assist each other and easily loot some things fast and then move on. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I like that for squads because I find that something that tends to happen in squads is let's say you drop in a place with a bunch of houses. Um, Your whole squad might kind of split up and start looting separate houses. And it's, it's easy to get more split up than you think you are. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. another squad Probably. comes upon you, you might just lose a teammate like that. Yep. Um, and other people are busy looting and they're not paying attention. And, um, you know, it's easy to get separated from the herd. So dropping in these more open spaces, it just makes it a lot easier to keep an eye on your teammates and keep an eye around you. Right. And there's no shortage of cover at either of those locations. So right. um, it's easy to get spotted. It's also easy to spot people. And right. Take cover and do what you will. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah, totally. I'm excited to actually try that drop plan um, this week. Is hit Plaza Market and then maybe move and do that West line that you were talking about um, that Wacky Jackie's promoting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. I think that's a really solid plan to do that. Mm-hmm. Especially if the circle stays in that area, um, and Los Leones is so big that your likelihood of having at least part of it in the first circle is pretty high. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason to land there, especially if you're someone who hates um, the the gambit of trying to find a vehicle and get across the map. Mm-hmm. Like, like if, if your favorite plan in PUBG is to drop in a, in a good spot and stay there, then Los Leones is probably going to be your best bet. And you could easily pass an entire game looting, fighting, and moving around Los Leones. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. if like if they made 
a PUBG map that was just Los Leones and the outskirts, and they dropped 100 people in there every time, it would still be fun. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which is how I first visualized Miramar, because it was going to be one quarter of the size of Erangel, and the screenshots were of, of an urban area like this. Um, so I was kind of expecting that, but no, we got a lot more. And they, um, they put but yeah, the Arabian I've had, I've had some games where I drop there right away, and then the circle just keeps closing in around it, and I just run around Los Leones the whole time and keep looting and hoping for people to get there quickly enough to have an exciting game. Yeah. It's a good time. Don't be afraid of Los Leones. I think it's, it's easy to get intimidated by it um, and to think that everyone else drops there, but really they don't. Nope. It, it's... I find it to be, if anything, sparsely populated. Mm -hmm. And if you're a conflict-averse person, you can always scope out an entire corner of town just for yourself. Uh, You know, the metagame might change on this, but I've never once felt like it was an overcrowded city. And I definitely have never had any of those, like, uh, like school scenarios on Erangel or military-based scenarios where you look around and you just think, holy shit. Mm-hmm. It's like a right. swarm of mosquitoes. I've never had yeah. that happen in Los Which Leones. Which I've, like, I've only felt that way a couple of times on this map at all. I don't think there's anything on this map that compares to, like, the Razak school area and the military base of Erangel. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's enough. There's like it's kind of like the problem with Los Leones is it's so big that people get spread out and the firefights are kind of slow and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same is true for this map in general. There's a lot of attractions, and so people tend to scatter more. Um, I think the games feel a little bit slower generally here. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, maybe probably Picado. I think is one of the most drop-heavy places, Picado and uh, uh, Hacienda del Patron. Yeah, Hacienda slash San Martin. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I'm like still kind of intimidated by dropping those places. <laughs> I, know. I know. There are days where I'm like, I'm, I'm not up for that. Yeah. Totally. Uh, cool. Uh, one last thing I wanted to say about Los Leones is there are a lot of roads going through it. And so... If you do need to end up finding a vehicle, you can usually get one. So that's a good thing to remember about it as well. Mm-hmm. I've just counted the icons, and there's 17 possible vehicle spots. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, if that's not enough for you, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Get out of here. <laughs> All uh, right, dude. That's, cool, man. That's the AK. That is Los Leones. Do we get to talk about leaning now? Let's lean in and talk topic. about some leaning. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, leaning. Rub, I, the Robin, subtitle, You Should Be Doing It. You should, <laughs> you should be doing it. How, Robin, how many, how many hours do you estimate you got into this game before you made leaning a regular part of your game? Exactly. Exactly. Um... That is the question, because it, it's definitely not something you do right away. Uh, I God, I, that begs the question of how many hours I have into it, but mm. I don't know. I'm I'm guessing I have two weeks or something solid in this game, and it was probably a good five or six days of game time before I really thought about like trying to learn it and master it. Um, so, and I'm still learning it and mastering it. So we're talking like a hundred plus hours yep yep and for me it was the same way i i would estimate that it took me 200 hours before and it's not that i you know i knew that leaning was a thing and i tried it from time to time but i didn't start thinking of it as as part of my core skill set until i had several hundred hours into this game Mm -hmm. Uh, and there were a few things that got me there first of all i was just getting killed a lot by other people who were leaning Mm-hmm, so great. that that was part of it and um and it's just after a while you start to you start to want to do it you you know mm-hmm. you want the information you um you just get more used to the environment and you start to notice those places where peaking is really key yeah. um there are a few scenarios i can think of that are just classic pubg moments the first one is the um 
two guys behind trees showdown, right? Mm. Play mm. PUBG for any amount of time and you're going to end up in a firefight where you're both hiding behind trees and you're taking pot shots at each other. Mm-hmm. This is like leaning 101, right? Um, another one is uh, using rocks as cover uh, yep. or walls. You know, any like low-lying cover. Right. Um, you're likely to want to lean and then shooting people from inside windows is another that's another really classic place right. or just even any kind of like interior hallway right. slash right. apartment battle um, but I don't know I, I see people use movement as much but I don't know if, if you're if there's a guy strafing around and firing like a shotgun or automatic fire versus a guy leaning a corner I've definitely put my money on the guy leaning in the corner. <laughs> leaning of a, every time. of an apartment. Yeah. Yep. 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 <clears throat> so, um, okay. We, so, should we tell him our secret, by the way? Uh, uh, maybe you should tell me your secret. <laughs> oh, the right. The secret for leaning. Well, let, let's, for save, let's save that one. We'll save oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's important because it, the mechanics of leaning are kind of, I think, a, a big factor in, yeah. in terms of in terms of how people are able to pull them off yeah um, they are and by mechanics i just mean the, the key mashing involved yeah. to make it work um and so i don't know what would you want to talk about first that would be my point number one would be our secret solution well you've already you've already basically given it away so okay so lay it on the <laughs> folks what what's our secret robin you ready guys what you need to successfully tackle leaning unless you have eight fingers is foot pedals foot pedals and i wonder how many streamers out there are doing this already um mm. for for the things that i see people do i'm like how could they do that without this um unless yeah, how they're like they? literally spanning so if you're strafing and leaning at the same time in the same direction your index finger let's say you're strafing right and leaning right um your index finger has to be pressing two keys at once in such a way that it's easy to release either of them quickly, which is right. just a real pain in the ass to do. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying it sounds like a pain in the ass, and it, I would feel really clumsy. I've, I've felt clumsy trying to pull it off. Um, there's this one scene that motivated me to get foot pedals to begin with, which was, of course, um, Foglet, and he was rocking an S12K behind a rock, and there's a guy like 50 feet up from him, and the guy starts to, I think he's charging. And Foglet starts alternately um, peeking each side of the rock really quickly while strafing. And so he strafes to the right, to the right edge of the rock while peeking right, just enough so he can shoot the guy, lets off a couple blasts, and then strafes left while leaning left, looks over to the left side of the rock, lets off a few more blasts. And the, the simultaneity of peaking and uh, strafing I think is really key um, and I find it a hell of a lot easier to do uh, when I'm using foot pedals and so um, yeah I, I'm still kind of mastering the coordination of that which we'll get to in a second but um, let's let's get more into foot pedals is there anything you want to say about pedals quick yeah so uh, first of all uh, why you might want to do foot pedals is that you know your feet aren't usually doing anything while you're playing PUBG except for maybe tapping nervously. So um, yeah, I just had this light bulb moment. Like uh, you know they use foot pedals in other games like racing, and why not use them for PUBG? So I looked up some basic use foot pedals and I found some, um, and I'll I'll post a link in the show notes to the brand I use. And um, yeah, I just programmed them with the Q and the E keys, and now I use them for leaning. Um, and for me, it's just like net positive. I don't know why you wouldn't do it, um, except if you didn't want to invest in the pedals. Um, the only other reason I can think of you wouldn't want to do it, I mean, unless you're just a ninja and you like using your fingers for it and you're good at it, the only other reason I could think of is that if you ever plan to play PUBG competitively, you might not be able to use them. 
Really? You think so? Well, it, it all depends. So, like, yeah. if, if you're playing an online tournament, then, yeah, you can do it. But, you know, if, you, if you're, like, uh, flying to some convention, if, you know, if you're, if you're going to the PUBG Invitational, I'm not sure if they would let you use your foot pedals. Really? I'd be surprised. Um, I don't know. It just, in terms of my own logic, my, my logic is, you know, whatever computer input you can use to control your character is, is fair game and how you want to bind that. Is, you know, barring... Maybe barring some, like, auto-key stuff. Yeah, it's a slippery slope, man. It's a slippery slope. So, like, for example... Still, it's it's a one-to-one input. Yeah, um, yeah. Of, I'm doing something with my body, and the game is doing one thing in response. Um, Yeah. I think it's it's fair. Like, I I never feel like I'm cheating doing Mm -hmm. it. Um, But, you know, if other players don't have access to it, then that might be considered, like, an unfair advantage. So, you know, I, I, I don't know whether these foot pedals would be considered um, tournament legal, right? Yeah. And well, it probably just depends on the tournament. Sure. All right. Well, barring our listeners having scruples about this, I would recommend you guys getting foot pedals and trying them out. Um, Arjuna picked his up for cheap online. How much were they? Do you remember? I want to say they were like maybe 15 bucks each. Um, oh, each. Okay. There's like a combo you can get that's in the $20 US dollar range. Um, it's like uh-huh. two of the pedals stuck together. I wanted to get them independently because I might use them for other purposes in the future. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are, def- there are good ones and there are bad ones. The ones I yeah. got are pretty good. Okay. Now, um, you did. You hacked it, though. <laughs> I DIY'd it. I, I pretty much everyone who's been gaming or have who's owned a computer for a long time has an extra keyboard laying around i i happen to be one of those people and so i figured i could just use the extra keyboard um and find a way to press the buttons with my feet and so i've been doing extensive um foot and toe coordination training to be able to press the keys no i'm kidding (laughs) i rigged up some pedals um literally i have a plank of wood i have um clothes pins and I have um, wooden planks glued to the top of the clothespins, and the clothespins are glued to the board. And I put some, literally, some thumbtacks inside the into the bottom side of the pedals. And so when I press the pedals, the thumbtack presses these keys that I've bound uh, to leaning. And so I have them spaced like ergonomically. They're big pedals, so I can shift my feet a little bit. And it's just like on this, I sit down on like a drafting chair when i play and so i just like slide it into position when i play and uh it's pretty pretty great i like it um i've gotten a lot better at leaning since i've started using it um but i don't know i guess that you know try it out there's other things to talk about with leaning um part of it is if you haven't been doing it it's really hard to train yourself it kind of takes some discipline i feel like to make yourself like take the take the corner position don't strafe out, which is a lot faster and a lot easier to do, and just commit to engaging people via leaning for a while and kind of train yourself to do it um, and make it your go-to for a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I was, there's so many fights, firefights that I end where I get killed and I'm like, why wasn't I leaning there? I should have been <laughs> leaning yeah. that whole time. Yeah. Um, it's just so much easier to strafe out and, and take a few shots, but there you are. Well, it's a training from other shooters. So any of yeah. us who've been playing shooters for a long time, you know, leaning is not a feature in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So you just have to do without. But now that it's in the arsenal, like like now I've gotten to a place in my game, like I was playing a shooter, I picked up a new shooter the other day, Warframe, I was trying it out. And I was like, oh, you can't lean in this game? And it was devastating. It was like, I don't want to play this game anymore. Right. Like Battlefield, Call of Duty. I don't think none of those allow it. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess, well, wait. I think Battlefield might do kind of an auto-leaning type thing. Oh, like when you're in a sight near an obstacle, Ah. it'll it'll like peek you around it. But That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So peeking, what... Why do we peek? Um, the simple answer to that question is that it exposes less of your body. What you'll notice is that when someone peeks, you might just see their head and the tip of their gun. 
And it depends on what their cover's like and, and where they are in relation to you. But I've, I mean, I've had people pull off micro peaks against me, man. Like I could see just a sliver of them and they yeah. were able to shoot me. So when you compare like just the head of someone or just just half of their upper torso versus them revealing their entire body to you, it, it's pretty obvious the advantage that you're getting from peaking. Right. I was hoping to get some math for this, like how much surface area is exposed during a well-executed peak versus someone just standing out in the open. Um, I couldn't crunch that in time, but I think my guesstimate would be it's about one-sixth of total area that's exposed if someone is pulling off a good peak and firing from a mm -hmm. vertical wall. Not any. There's no cover of the feet or waist. Um, so yeah, yeah, very significant. And you're standing still while you're shooting instead of strafing around like an idiot to avoid shots, which is <laughs> going to reduce your accuracy like crazy. Right. One of the things that you can do, and I see highly skilled players do this a lot, is you do like a snap peak where you have an idea of where your opponent is and maybe you like you, you get into your red dot or whatever site you're using and, and you basically just you get yourself as ready as you can to actually fire at this person and then you just hit the peak and fire. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a hard technique. You definitely need to spend time working on it. But um, it's devastating when you get it right because it's mm -hmm. basically, you know, you're basically just able to fire at someone and they're not able to fire at you unless they have really lightning mm -hmm. reflexes. Right. That's a really good technique to try to work on and i yeah i'll just do what did things you call that it's like a snap peak snap peak so right. even better right would be you snap peak for just a couple of rounds two or right. three right pop back in pop back out it, even down to one or two rounds if if someone is kind of like being a dumbass and out in the open you can just snap peak snap peak snap peak snap peak yeah, and let off a couple rounds each time and you're probably going to get them and they're going to be sitting there waiting to time you or spraying like crazy right right so. right yeah and if exactly if you have better cover than they do it, you're just such an advantage in that situation mm -hmm. yeah um, and th this brings me to something which uh, you should not be doing um, and this is something I learned from WTF Moses thank you he's a, he's a great PUBG teacher um is holding peaks and especially holding bad peaks is something that he talks about. And what he means is that it's really tempting to stand behind your cover and just hold a peak and wait for someone else to pop out, right? The reason you should not do this, especially in third person mode, is that someone might be able to see you holding your peak and you can't see them. And what it does is it actually gives them it gives them the peak advantage um, because then they can snap peak and hit you, right? Mm -hmm. So um, whenever possible, you should avoid holding your peak. Um, you should think of it as a, I mean, you know, th there are times in which it's advantageous for you to remain in position even though you're exposed because you actually have the firing advantage, but I would, re I would, especially for a beginning or an intermediate player, it's going to be hard to know when that advantage is, and I would recommend against doing it. Um, I think you, your chances of, of winning are much higher if you stay behind cover and you only peek for as long as you need to to either gain information or fire off your shot. So that's something to be careful about when you're peeking or just body positioning in general. Uh, if, you're, if you're in plain view, do it carefully. So yeah, um, leaning is, is just another skill to work on as you move through the world of PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Word. Practice, practice, people. Yes, indeed. Dump your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Just <laughs> play PUBG. Oh, no. <laughs> Quit your job. <laughs> You want to learn to peek or what? <laughs> Life advice by Robin Nelson, people. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on our podcast this week. Uh, we love all of our listeners and we love to hear from you. So please do drop us a line at winnerpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. 
And um, yeah, we hope you're having a wonderful new year so far. And we will look forward to continuing to bring you top notch Player Unknown's Battlegrounds content Weird. in 2018. Thanks for listening, guys. Also, one more thing I want to add is I've gotten a lot of footage of the AK over the last week, and I'm going to throw it together and put it on our YouTube. Which Would you remind us what that is, Arjuna? If you go to YouTube and you look for Winner Winner Podcast, you will see it. That's our channel. Check it out. All right, and submit your own clips with hashtag WOTW hyphen M249 for next week, and we'll throw it in our, our uh, montage. Excellent. All right. All right. Thank you guys so much. Ciao. Ciao.